This is Hashtag Authentic, a podcast for creatives online. I'm Sarah Tasker and this is episode 57. Hello everybody. So for all that we hang out together in this audio realm, most of you probably know that one of my really big passions in life is photography. It's why Instagram is so important to me as a way to get inspired, to soak in creativity and just to discover new creators and photographers from around the world. This week's guest then is one such photographer. I'm going to let her introduce herself to you in her own words and describe her work, but do keep listening for her brilliant insights into setting up a creative business, the importance of sticking with your passions, and some secrets to creating intriguing, appealing imagery when you're sharing online. Hi, Dasha. Welcome to Hashtag Authentic. Thanks. I'm very happy to be here. Could you give everyone a quick introduction um, to who you are and what you do? Sure. I'm Dasha Pierce. I'm a conceptual and fine art photographer based in Helsinki, Finland. I create weird photos and I also <laughs> teach people <laughs> teach people on how to unlock their creativity in photography. I feel like like this is one of those times when podcasting lets us down because people need to see your pictures to yeah. to understand like I feel like they can understand you so well. So I would say straight away everyone if you can pick up your phone, tell them your Instagram username. My Instagram username is dasha pierce pierce like pears dot art. So dasha pears if you were typing it yeah. dot art. Yes. Um, and then you will see the amazing photographs that she creates and why I absolutely had to speak to you onto the on the podcast today um so take us back how did you get started in photography has it always been your passion uh not really actually I realized that I was interested in photography only 10 years ago and it started just as a plain interest kind of like a hobby I bought a my first camera i wanted to catch the moment uh, i was shooting kittens children <laughs> flowers dogs whatever like and i also had a very interesting and stressful marketing job at the time so i couldn't devote a lot a lot of time to my hobby uh, but unfortunately i burned out <laughs> and i decided that now i need a change in my life so I got into photography seriously about seven years ago. So um, this is how I started. So that's not actually very long, like considering the standard of your work. And I feel like you have such a unique voice in your photography. Seven years is not that long to have got there. Uh, probably not. Also, if we take into consideration that on the way I had two babies <laughs> and I also had to devote my lots and lots of my time to them and now they're seven and five so <laughs> yeah so did you always know the kind of images you wanted to take you said that you originally you were just shooting everything you could see how long did it take for you to kind of find your own unique style it took me about maybe two or three years of just trying out different things and I've tried basically everything uh, family, travel, street photography, wedding photography, studio portraits. I probably, I didn't do newborn, but I wanted to. <laughs> and 
as well as interior and objects. And I finally realized that I'm leaning to this uh, very unusual style where you can stage a portrait and actually create your own reality, which is not like the, the world around us. And it, this is what interested me the most, so I stuck with that. It's interesting as well, I think, because a lot of the time when you're learning photography or a lot of people's kind of notion of photography when they first come to mm -hmm. it is that it's a documentary process, like you are documenting real life. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. one of the criticisms sometimes people have about sort of Instagram photography is that it's not real life, that you are like staging things and, and creating mm -hmm. false realities. But I love that your work and, and people like you just completely lean into that and embrace that and say, well, that's, that's its own art form. Yeah, well, I think that all types of photography uh, have the right to for existence, definitely. And when I take pictures of my children, for example, I want them to be completely documentary because I want to remember my kids as they are and they were, for example, like five years ago. But uh, photography is also a means for me to express myself. And that's... I. I kind of I document my own impressions of the world my dreams my experiences maybe but in the form of like you know telling stories I know that you help people a lot kind of um you do mentoring and and just even just on your Instagram you're always kind of trying to help people find their inspiration and come up with ideas what would you suggest to anyone listening to this who feels like they don't know what their, their unique style is or their own voices when it comes to their photography I think it's really important to try everything to just go on from one thing to another mm -hmm. and to understand what you like and what you don't like because in the very beginning, I really liked taking simple portraits, but then I kind of got tired of it and then I moved on. So this is how you find your style. You just try different things. You get experience while you do it. You understand how this and this type of photography is done or any art, actually. And after some time, you arrive to something that is your own. And there's no shortcuts in that process, are there? Like, as no, much as we would love not. that. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. You sometimes just have to kind of, you have, and you have to also go through that stage where you're kind of bad at it. Like when, when you first get a camera Definitely. and the pictures are just not what you wanted them to be. Exactly. But it's also important to understand that it's only the beginning. And lots of people, they get discouraged and they they try to compare themselves to people who are, uh, have been doing this for ages and have great imagery on, like, let's say, their Instagram accounts. But you cannot compare yourself to some other people. You need to compare your results to whatever you had like a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. And yes. this is how it works. Yes, absolutely. And like you say, Instagram is kind of the worst for that it's amazing for getting inspiration it's, and we're so mm -hmm. lucky to have that community but it is yeah. all too easy to go onto someone's page and and feel like he, your work just doesn't live up and there's so much amazing professional standard imagery on Instagram now yeah yeah, yeah. I understand but yeah it's all about just keeping yourself curious that's what I think 
And I also think if you actually need to kind of keep yourself motivated all the time, then maybe it's just not your thing. Because lots of people ask me this question about how do you stay motivated? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I just feel that I cannot not, I can't not shoot. <laughs> yeah. That's so interesting. Like, um, me and my husband have this conversation because sometimes, well, whenever we go anywhere, obviously I'm mm-hmm. always, I've got my camera and I'm taking pictures. And recently yeah. he was like, I think we should book a holiday where you just, you're not working and you don't have to take any pictures. And I was like, no, no, I can't. I can't. That would not be a holiday for me. I can't not yeah. take pictures. Exactly. And there is also a saying that I uh, came across on Instagram was, would you travel to a country if you couldn't take your camera? I was like, no, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Maybe some people would appreciate that. It's kind of like they, they would be present in the moment, but just not me. <laughs> I need to take pictures. <laughs> I am so the same. And actually, like one of my favorite things to do, if I'm feeling like I've not got any ideas or I'm low on inspiration, I will just yeah. make myself go out for a day without my camera and without yeah. my phone because all of the pictures that I can't take make me so frustrated that exactly. I come back to it with so much more passion. That's actually a very helpful exercise to deal with creative block. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, actually then you realize the ideas are all there and maybe exactly. it's just your processing of them that was the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what is your relationship like with Instagram? Do you, Do you enjoy using Instagram? Is it kind of a bit of both? Um, the thing is that I started photography long before I started Instagram. I think I have Instagram account for only two years. And I, at the very beginning, I just had a personal account and was sharing some, you know, regular stuff from my (laughs) kid's life. And I very quickly realized that it's not what I want to share, first of all, because I'm kind of introverted this way I Mm. don't want to expose my family and but I had something else to share and that so I started a different account only for my artistic photography and that quickly grew to whatever I have now maybe not as quickly as (laughs) some other people but artistic photography is not maybe the most popular well thing. I mean yeah you're, what you're on like 20 something 23 23 that's an amazing that's an amazing achievement um and your engagement's really high and and do you find now that people discover you through Instagram is that one of the ways that work comes to you oh uh, yes definitely uh people also discover me for, through Instagram and I really love the community out there I love sharing my knowledge with them and I also get some ideas a lot yeah that's the thing about Instagram is like it's a big soup of everyone's ideas and it all kind of stews together Mm -hmm. and and you can pull out so many fascinating things I actually can I say one more thing about Instagram yes Uh, the thing is that I find it a very um suitable platform to share information uh because I I'm just thinking of starting a blog, which I'm actually, I have already several posts for that. And that will probably be a better platform for me to share all my my creative advice. 
but for now Instagram is the amazing platform where I can combine imagery and text. If I would only uh, publish my images, that would reduce the engagement, I think, a lot. And so many photographers out there, they just publish their images. They maybe place a name, mm. like the, the name of the image, and that's the title, I mean, and that's it. And that they don't. So true. They don't tell anything about the behind the scenes. They don't tell anything about how it was shot, how they found the models and everything. Yeah, they just let people admire. <laughs> That's <laughs> basically. And I think that it's important to also give back to the people. That is so uh, such an astute observation. That's something I teach all the time in my classes. Is like value how can you bring value to people because yeah mm-hmm. we are it's very easy to see a lovely picture on instagram and just skip on past because mm-hmm. there's loads of lovely interesting fascinating pictures on instagram but if you can give people something more that keeps them mm-hmm. on your page a bit longer and, and gives gives something back then you build a relationship and you can get more engagement if that's what you're looking for but also you can get real connection exactly and for me all my works, they uh, they imply a lot of planning and lots of even teamwork. I work with decorators, stylists, makeup artists, and I cannot post new content every day mm. in, in, in regards of images. It's just not possible. It, it takes a lot to produce one image. It's like two weeks, the minimum. And I also have some paying <laughs> clients <laughs> and th- those work uh, that work I don't usually post on my Instagram but uh, that's why I also have to kind of mix and match so it's also it's images and information I bring value in two two directions so to say. I'm really interested actually in your process from start to finish because I do I look at your picture sometimes and I'm like but how? Like, how did she get? I can I can understand the ideas. Sometimes I have the ideas, but I could never get it to the point where it would be so perfect and so so accurate to what you what you were picturing. Is that how it starts? Do so you start with a really clear vision of what it's going to be, or does it evolve? Yeah, it's actually I get my idea of my final shot in the very beginning. It's not. Oh, doesn't mean that my actual final shot will be 100% the same as I yeah. imagined it at the very beginning. But when I imagine it, I try to draw a sketch. I don't do it all, all the time, but it's a good thing to do. And this also allows me to understand what type of location I need, what type of props and where my ca- camera will be exactly at which point of the location and then it also helps me to to kind of translate my idea to all the people who will be working with me and to the model at the first well to to begin with the model (laughs) yeah and then do you have to uh, presumably do you pay all of these people like is there an expense in making these pictures or do you have like trade relationships uh no that's not a paid thing it's all of the well 90 percent of the work that you see in my instagram it's creative collaborations yeah uh there are some there are people who want to have um 
images for their portfolio, for example, or they just want to try something new. For example, like makeup artists, they they sometimes get tired of just doing regular evening makeups yeah. or wedding hairdos or something like that. And uh, they just want to try something original, something that they haven't tried before. And that's a very good chance. I can totally understand that. Like, I think anyone seeing your pictures would leap at the chance to work with you. <laughs> and also to see you at work, because I always feel like I learn so much from seeing other people do their jobs. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I have many people come into my actual physical workshops when I shoot when I shoot and I allow people to see the process how I work with the model how uh, the makeup is done how the props are used and how I make the stuff fly <laughs> oh, I would love to do that but your physical <laughs> workshops are only happening in Helsinki at the moment is that right uh yes I'm hoping and uh, planning to expand it but it just doesn't come so easy no not when you've got work and kids and everything else it's all uh it's also a <laughs> if we're doing it between you and me also we can cut it out uh it's hard to find a person on location who will actually help me find uh, yeah. uh the location where i can organize this because like from a different country it's kind of very hard to uh coordinate those things yeah but it's definitely possible i just haven't figured out the ways yet i know that many photographers do it well i can always I, hook I, you up with people i reckon if you need me to i've got lots oh, of perfect. people i trust all over the world now so yeah yeah I, I would be very very happy to do it uh, i mean to to get your help <laughs> because, because i feel like we need you we need you over here in the uk for starters Yes, so many people from the UK actually <laughs> asked me to come. And yeah, I do you maybe you know Veronica Kutovatika in, on Instagram. She just she also has like a following has been featured several times. What's her username? Um Ku, Kutovatika. Oh yes, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I know her by her username not by her <laughs> Yeah, name. she just moved to London. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she also told, told me that it would be great to have, like, a, a workshop there. Yes, we need to get you to London. In fact, I'm going to keep this bit in, if that's okay. And, oh, um, yeah. people, if you want to hear about when, we ha when Dasha has a workshop in London, can people subscribe to your newsletter? Do you have a mailing list? Uh, actually, yes. They're on my website uh, when you go to the workshops and click upcoming, there is um, a window where you can leave your email and kind of like join the waiting list. Brilliant. So there we go. Yeah. And I will email out as well to everyone who's on yeah, the yeah, yeah. podcast list. Yeah. Um, sorry, so I'm just planning your, your business. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I actually even, uh, I was featured by Dominic several times. Oh, oh all yeah. That is yeah, I was just talking to Dominique this morning. Lovely Dominique. Yeah, well, I, I feel yeah. like actually there's some parallels between the way you you both work and that it's kind of a plan shot and you set it up and it has both yeah. of you do pictures that are so eye catching and they really stand out, especially in kind of the sea of all the imagery on Instagram. There's a lot of overlap on Instagram. There's a lot of pictures that can kind of 
all start to seem the same. And your work and work like Dominique's really stands out on the page and is eye-catching. And I wonder, like, what do you think makes an eye-catching picture? Oh, that's an interesting question, actually. Is it even quantifiable? Like, can you make a list of things or is it just something you know when you see it? I think for me, and uh, it works like this recently, I decided to turn to minimalism mm-hmm. more, mostly. So I try to remove all the details that are they that can be distracting. And they actually, those images are more eye-catching because there are so many distractions in, in life yeah. <laughs> everywhere. So the less details you have is the better. But another thing, all it's true for any type of photography, even for street photography, for travel photography, uh, there should be an element of surprise. Yes. And in my images, that's kind of, I always add something surreal to them. Uh, it's either something is flying or floating in the air or levitating or something like the whole picture looks very much like a real life but then there is just one tiny detail which is unlike real life so that's why probably people are stopping by and and noticing it that's so it's so funny to hear you say that because that is literally like I've sent my book off finally for final publishing to like Mm -hmm. last week and that's what I've been writing about in there and it's in my courses that element of surprise because I kind of think like psychologically it makes your brain stop and pay attention it almost makes your subconscious pay attention because your brain is like yeah, nice flowers, flowers, houses, nice mm-hmm. things, babies. And then all of a sudden you're like, what? Something is <laughs> well, not right. What is that? Yeah. And it makes you stop. It's like, I call it thumb stopping imagery because you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And then you're like, oh. And sometimes that surprise is just like, that house has got loads of vines all over it. Or like, mm-hmm. um, that baby is seriously cute. But yes. often it can be, like you said, something that's just kind of a bit uncanny or a bit unexpected. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, actually, that you've got a marketing background because mm-hmm. it kind of is visual marketing in a really yes. in a really different way. Yeah. And actually, when you think of basic people needs, uh, one of them is certainty. Of course, everyone wants to like their, keep their safety. But another basic need is uncertainty when you're entertained, when you're surprised. And that's why the whole entertainment industry is there. (laughs) So the element of surprise, this element of uncertainty is very important in photography as well. I love that. It's it's the first time I've ever spoken to someone else who thinks about it this way. So I'm like (laughs) really enjoying this conversation. (laughs) Yeah, I actually, um, I heard... I was trying to find the proof for this and I found one quote from a Magnum photographer which I can send to you so that you can maybe use it in your book if you want. Uh, Yeah, I don't remember the name but (laughs) I will definitely find it and send it to you because I have it in my course presentation. Oh, I will put it in the show notes as well for anyone who's listening and wants to hear that because, yeah, I think it's... And I feel like it's not been 
super researched like advertisers research it they know a b which which picture got us more clicks which Mm -hmm. billboard sold more things they they watch that and they respond to that and they shape their imagery around Mm -hmm. it but kind of social media and imagery and I think it's because we come at it from an art perspective you have to kind of find a line in the middle where you're like I want to create work that grabs people's attention and is compelling Mm -hmm. and is interesting but you also we don't want to sacrifice our vision or what it is that we're trying to say in pursuit of that interest or that audience Mm -hmm. and I actually had a live session with uh, another photographer Katerina Greenland yesterday and what we discussed uh, with her is that she finds elements of surprise in real life like her photos are not staged Mm. but still she finds some things that speak to the viewer and uh, they they can be recognized only when you like look for like a minute or two uh, at the picture if you read the title for example so and those i think are the masterpieces of photography not exactly hers her works maybe but as we know, like Enrique Cartier-Bresson, the uh, person who was kind of like the god <laughs> of photography, street photography, in mm. particular. all of his images are like that. One thing I think as well is those types of images probably wouldn't do that well on social media because they do require you to stop and think and look for more than a few seconds. And if they don't have that immediate appeal, maybe they wouldn't have been Instagram famous, but that doesn't mean that they're not incredibly talented. And it's kind of, it's a reminder that Instagram is just one kind of platform and there's other ways to reach people. Definitely. And just one more thing here, but uh, what I think is that uh, people on Instagram, like Dominic, for example, she notices some similarities in everyday objects to some other everyday objects. And that's also kind of like an element of surprise which you can play with. Yeah. It's not the surreal part, but it sometimes looks surreal when you turn a cup into a skirt, for example, for your daughter. So, yeah. Yeah, there's kind of so many different ways to approach it um, to kind of keep, keep your audience on their toes. Definitely. You mentioned earlier that you do some commercial work as well. So. Yeah. How how much of your own style do you get to bring to that? I actually bring a lot of my personal style, and I think I right now I got to the point where when I get hired, especially for my style, people will come to me to get images that are outstanding mm-hmm. that they they're not like someone else's. So I should. Uh, specifically <laughs> for some reasons for ch- children's brands and those brands they welcome even surreal elements like wine origamis and uh, interesting setups so do you bring all of yeah. that in like you're almost the art director as well as the photographer are you styling it or do they have stylists uh it depends uh, i have a stylist who I work with in Russia. Uh, so I basically have my my team there. Uh, in Helsinki, I haven't found like a team which is permanent yet. Mm-hmm. But 
here I usually style my own work myself. So it depends. It also depends on the um, size of the project. If it's a, if it's several locations, if it's uh, a lot of models, like up to 10, 10 models, for example, then it just really hard to do everything on your own. Yeah. Uh, you have to have a stylist at this point. And it's also very convenient to work with someone who understands you. And when we work uh, with my stylist in Russia, she, we, I'm very much involved in the styling process because I, of course, I come up with the ideas, but then I will choose the colors, for example, that I needed. We work together on this with her. That must be difficult to find people that can really see your vision and help you bring it to life. You've got to really trust them. Oh, actually, I've been lucky. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I I just uh, somehow find them. It's just, yeah. The, The universe just brings you together somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you get to this point? Because I know a lot of photographers, like it's, it's a difficult time to be a photographer in many ways because everybody thinks they're a photographer now, everyone mm-hmm. with a camera, um, and not everyone can tell the difference in work. So, you know, I know a lot of people who find it hard to find the work they want to be doing as a photographer and make that profitable. Mm-hmm. It sounds like you, you've kind of really found your niche and you found an audience of people who really understand what you do and appreciate that. How, how do you think you got there? Well, I just kept doing the things that I really liked. And I, it was very counterintuitive, especially for my family members. They were like, hey, where did photography pays? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Why are you doing this? Yeah. Uh, but I just... Uh, kept searching in the direction that I really wanted to go. So this is how I arrived here. But I think like that you can find yourself in wedding industry as well, because it's, it's also hard to be, uh, you need to make yourself different there too. Yeah. It's, you have to have your competitive advantages. You cannot just shoot all the same images. Otherwise, people will just pass you by. So, yeah. Yeah, so there's still room to kind of be creative and find your own voice. Definitely. It feels to me, though, like it must have taken a lot of courage, especially when you, when people around <laughs> you were saying, oh, I'm just going to do some wedding photography. Like, <laughs> exactly. the courage to oh. know that you could do what you wanted to do and that, you, that it was the right path. Yeah, it took, did take a lot of courage because... At the very beginning, the marketing job, which paid quite well, it was yeah. also very counterintuitive to get out of there. So That's a huge leap, a series of yeah. huge leaps. But I think yeah. like this shows that the tenacity and really sticking with it pays off because we, we all benefit from the fact that you stuck with it and now that your work is in the world. Oh, great. Thanks. I'm, I'm happy. Where do you get your inspiration from then? You mentioned Instagram. What else inspires you? Well, that's the question that I get asked the most. Yeah. But I get my inspiration from other arts. I, of course, first of all, it's visual arts. I like, well, first of all, it's going to be fine art, 
classical fine art. It will be movies like cinematography. I'm a huge fan of Wes Anderson movies, for example. I get a lot of inspiration from illustrations, contemporary illustrators, and I will soon be sharing a whole list of people who I personally get inspired by. And also, I think it's very, very important to just look around and find things in, in, in real life, in nature, in things that surround you that you like, and then you can introduce that into your images. And maybe like an extension question, I'm interested to know when do your ideas come to you? So you mentioned like you just, you see them fully formed in your head. When does mm -hmm. that happen? Is it just in the day or is it like when you're doing nothing? It's mostly when I'm either walking, like going somewhere, I do a lot of walking, or when I'm about to fall asleep. Interesting. Like, well, the... Uh, the thing is that uh, the most of ideas comes to us uh, come to us when we're in the alpha state of this uh, brain activity. Mm. If you heard about that, uh, Einstein used to even put himself into that state to get all his genius ideas. And it looks like when we're actively thinking about something, the idea just won't come because the activity of the brain of the mind itself all the thinking process it just doesn't let the new ideas come just drowns it out yeah exactly but when you're relaxed when you don't think too much when you're kind of like being in the present moment and uh, just observing whatever is going on around you this is when you get your ideas that is so so true of my experience and there's a previous episode I did with um, a man called Andrew Johnson who does meditation apps Yeah, and he talks about this about how actually a lot of us have no time in our day for that anymore we're constantly putting information in and we're reading the news or we're browsing social media and then mm -hmm. we're watching tv and there's no kind of empty time where stuff can just come in and I find exactly the same thing especially if I haven't had any time in my day I get into bed I turn off the light and all of a sudden my brain is like ding exactly <laughs> I, I, I sometimes even hate when it yeah because you comes. just want to roll over and go to sleep but you have to record it don't you exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. the shower is my other one I get a lot of good ideas in the shower and at one point I even had a shower notebook that was like waterproof because exactly. it was happening so much and it, it, another interesting point is that I asked the same question I, I asked my readers my followers and some people said that uh they get ideas when they're driving like yeah. when they're, they're in salon drive and you basically they're very, very much relaxed and not in a, I don't know, downtown <laughs> trying to uh, Yeah, like motorway to... driving. Yeah, yeah. The just, same. Yeah. And that's when I do my, a lot of my writing. I've said this on the podcast before, I think, but I... I will dictate things to the audio notes on my phone mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it just flows. It just comes to me when I'm driving. But if I'm sat at my desk with a computer in front of me, no, nah, nothing. Exactly, exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's okay. interesting that we all kind of come to these same conclusions, like across the world, across different disciplines and different types of art, we all end up realizing the same stuff. Yeah, and also it's actually, it's been proved, and I think now 
scientifically, all the brain researchers, they come to, the, to those conclusions that the alpha state is the state when we get ideas. So, yeah. It's something that's too easy to neglect. And I've, I've really been kind of working on this myself this year that like the time I sit and lie on my bed and just daydream and look out the window is still work because it all contributes to what Definitely. I do and you Definitely. have to make time for that and not feel guilty because if you sat there feeling like you're lazy and you should be at your desk then it's not going to work I know and the sense of guilt is sometimes overwhelming because yeah. <laughs> when our society is not built for that we're not told at any point you don't there's no time at school for that like it's never a message we get Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I have that too. I have to struggle with the sense of guilt too. Well, and sometimes. you're a mum as well, so that just yes. ramps it up. <laughs> Do your children have any interest in photography yet? Oh, yes. My, uh, the actually my avatar picture, which is um, on my Facebook right now, was taken by my daughter when she was four. Wow. And she just points and shoots. <laughs> it's like, whoa. Yeah, so she's very much interested. and But right now, I think they're mostly interested in modeling because, weirdly enough, I don't take lots of pictures of my children. I take it as work, and at home, I don't want to work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to keep like, just let's read a book, guys. <laughs> like, Mommy, take a picture of me. <laughs> and when I do something, maybe like personal work, but also... Com- well partially commercial I ask them to model and they they do it with such joy and like finally mommy wants to take our pictures <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's so. funny isn't it because you said at the beginning it started as a hobby mm-hmm. and you've done the same thing that I've done that a lot of us have done we've turned our hobbies into our jobs which yeah. is the biggest privilege and such a joy but you Definitely. do have a different relationship with it once you've done mm-hmm. that and yes. I mean I've recently been like oh I actually think I need some hobbies again because I haven't <laughs> got any anymore I've turned exactly. all into my job. so do you have any other like creative hobbies that are completely unrelated to your work unfortunately I cannot um, no. find time for that yeah. but I would love to dance oh. <laughs> that's my kind of my dream and other passion which I would love to uh, devote more time to in the future another thing that i'm also doing now is studying finnish like learning finnish language wow. so <laughs> and how does that compare like finnish russian and finnish oh they're so different yeah. finnish is unlike any other language so it, it, unlike english and, <laughs> and it's very difficult yeah they do say it's one of the hardest ones to learn as an english exactly. speaker so. yeah yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's pretty creative then. Um, where can people find you online and learn more from you? Well, the best place to find me is my Instagram account, of course, which oh, we mentioned in the beginning, which is Dasha Pierce or Dasha Pears dot art. Another place to find me is my website, Dasha Pierce slash art dot com. And I'm also on Facebook. Just search for Dasha Pierce and my page will come up. Fantastic. And you offer mentoring programs, don't you, for people who want to maybe work on their photography a bit more with you? Yes, yes. I do online courses and separate lessons, if you like. So far, they are uh, 
very much tailored, but uh, I'm planning to launch a course, which will be... Um, <laughs> I can't do a statement. No, 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 it's good. <laughs> okay. I'm planning to launch a course which will provide more information for creatives and that's going to be in spring. So fantastic. Yes, well, thank tuned. you so much for speaking with us today. And um, I'm sure thank everyone you. is going to really enjoy getting to know your work. Show notes for this week's episode are available at meandorla.co.uk forward slash podcast 57. As always, I would love to hear your thoughts. So do give us a wave if you're chatting about this anywhere on social media and do stop by Dash's page and give her some love too. Also, just going to slip in here a low-key casual reminder that my book, Hashtag Authentic, Finding Creativity and Building a Community on Instagram and Beyond is available for pre-order right now on Amazon and from all good bookstores. Go check it out. I think at the time of recording this right now, it's actually less than £14 on Amazon, which frankly is a bargain, considering how much blood, sweat and tears I squeezed in between the pages, along with lots and lots of Instagram knowledge and photography tips and community building information. I hope you're having a glorious week and I will see you next time. Uh